0: Women Taking
1: the Lead Episode 165
0: Continue to strive to be the proof of your truth. So once you know who you are and you've reached the stage where you're comfortable in your own skin and you know what you're here for, strive to be the proof of that truth. And no one can uh, no one can take it away from you once you know who you are.
1: Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Shelly Warren, who is a self-proclaimed leadership junkie and encore career enthusiast with 25 years experience leading technical teams and projects in a large global manufacturing company. As a success coach, she teaches women how to first become the person she wants to be on the inside so she can become her on the outside. She's also the host of the Success Series, a cocktail hour like no other, where she conducts a live interview with fabulous women who are reaching success on their own terms. When she's not growing her business and making new connections, she co-chairs the LeaderCast Brockville Leadership Conference, which is linked to the Atlanta, Georgia HubSite annual conference. Conference and is gearing up to launch Success for Teens, a youth leadership program designed by the team at Success Magazine for the up-and-coming leaders in her hometown. Man, Shelley, I don't think I've ever said success so much <laughs> in one bio, but it really captures who you are and what you're trying to put out there in the world. But for the benefit of everybody li- who's listening, tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings.
0: Thanks, Jody. First of all, I have to tell you that this is a very surreal moment for me. I'm a raving fan of you and your podcast. And I can't tell you how cool it is for me to hear you through my earbuds, but in a <laughs> real live conversation. So this is such a wonderful day for me. Thank you so much for having me. It's true, I am from small-town Brockville, Ontario, Canada, city of the thousand islands that's located right here along the mighty St. Lawrence River. So I'm right here in the golden triangle between Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto. I grew up uh, here in Brockville, I'm the only girl, I have an older brother and a younger brother, and I was brought up to be a good girl in every sense of the word. Um there's a bit of that good girl mentality that still falls with me today even though I'm here in my mid 50s. So I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm a sister, and when I was growing up, I lived for gymnastics and dance. I was a coach for many years, and I lived and breathed that physical activity and that whole idea of nurturing young women in a sport. I I truly loved every minute of it. Then I moved off into board work and really enjoyed being a community leader. I still um, love to be able to give back to my community in, in a leadership capacity that way. And my mom was the oldest of five sisters. So I've always been surrounded by women and I've loved having their care and their wisdom around me. So that, that's always sort of led me into where I found joy growing up and, and through my younger years and what I'm doing now. I, I just love being around that female energy and being able to really continue to grow myself as I'm helping to nurture, nurture others around me. So um, the women women's spirit is uh, quite a motivator for me.
1: And Shelly, I love the, I don't know how to put it. There's this holistic aspect of you, especially when I'm looking at your bio and you're telling me about your younger years, you have this one side of you that's girly girly, right? And then there's this other side of you who for 25 years led technical teams and projects in a large global manufacturing company, (laughs) You know, so that girly girl led, you know, probably, you know, so, so a, a very, um, you know, male technical, I, I'm picturing engineers and, and manufacturers, you know, so you have that in you as well.
0: That is so true, Jody. I started my manufacturing career right after I had my daughter. And like all parents, we all want to provide more for our children than what we had So I decided I would launch and seek a totally different career that was going to give me the compensation that I was looking for. So I applied one day at a a manufacturing company and lo and behold, went through the four grueling interviews and a week later was hired. And the funny part about it is I went in as a lift truck driver and started never before worked in a manufacturing site in my life. It was totally Complete pivot from anything else I'd ever done. And I immediately found out that I loved it and just started really putting myself out there. And I ended up being just having a fabulous career moving from that lift truck driver into various leadership roles. And the roles kept coming, and the opportunities kept coming, and the promotions kept coming. And before you knew it, I was being the first female. In many opportunities and many roles and carrying the weight and the responsibility of being the first, because I knew that it was opening up a path for others. And I found that really invigorating and exciting. And I tell everyone, you know, I had a fabulous career. And now I'm having a second fabulous career.
1: I love it, and you've clearly come a long way. You faced challenges, I'm sure. I mean, you know, I love how you describe that—like you had these great opportunities, but also the pressure of being the first. So I know there were big challenges, and I know you probably had to, you know, by example overcome a lot of the misconceptions that you know people around you might have had around women in leadership roles. So you, I know, over time, you've gained a lot of confidence, and and you have this, um, this aura about you of being very comfortable in your skin and knowing who you're about. But I knew, I know it was a journey, you know, you didn't wait, you know, wake up as a young woman and just be like, ta-da, here I am. I'm super confident. So Shelly, if you don't mind, take us back to a time when you were playing small, you know, and you, You know, these are moments where we undervalue ourselves, where we just don't realize how capable we are. So we hold ourselves back. So if you could share with us that story and the lessons you learned, I'm I'm sure we can all learn something from it.
0: Well, I had many, many moments earlier on in my career where I played small, but one that really is still quite memorable to me is I had earned myself a reputation of being able to lead technical teams. And I had a ton of success with that. And I was trying to pivot into a new realm of work. And I was constantly being held back. Um, so I decided I would reach out to one of my leadership members on the leadership team and tell him and be totally transparent with him and let him know that, hey, you know what, I love doing what I'm doing. I'd been in engineering for about eight years and I loved it, but I really wanted to move off into More of an organizational role where I could teach more and lead more and do a lot more performance management, which was what I was doing on the side, anyways, but more informally. So I had left it up to this one particular leader to be my advocate when they were going into succession planning discussions. And lo and behold, I hitched my wagon to the wrong leader. What came evidently clear to me was that he did not have the clout and the influence that I thought he had. So year after year after year, I was continually not getting that opportunity that I was so eager to have. And I was continuing to get pulled back into the engineering technical leadership roles. And it was a real eye-opener for me when it dawned on me one day that I had chose the wrong individual to put my future into their hands. So I decided to take the bull by the horns and start to campaign, and I went around to all the key leaders in in my my workplace, and I told them this is what I wanted to do. I told them why I wanted to do it, and told them what the return on investment was going to be. So instead of uh, being able to do this type of work, I was always doing it as a bit of a side hustle in the plant. Um, I was able to morph it into an actual role for me. So it took a couple of years, but inevitably it happened. And while I was getting ready to leave, I was able to nurture leaders around me so that they could step up into leadership roles. I knew they were totally capable for either. So the lesson for me there was, if you're choosing an advocate, make sure you're choosing the right advocate, and then check in with them. Don't serve it up to them, hoping that they're going to come to you. Um, with all the decisions made for you, you've really got to be an active member in it and declare out loud what it is that you want and make sure that more than one, peop- more than one person or one- more than one key decision maker knows that this is what you want. And then once they understand why you want it and what the return on investment is going to be for the organization as a whole, then they're more- going to be more willing to step up and make it happen for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, Shelly, I love that you shared that story because, you know, here's the thing when even if you had, you know, connected and hitched your wagon to I love that expression to an advocate who did have the clout and the power, you know, it would still have been very passive of you to sit back and wait for them to deliver on what it was that you were looking for. I think even if we are blessed with a wonderful advocate and wonderful mentors, we, you know, the, and I love the lesson in the story, you still have to, you know, promote yourself Mm -hmm. before you're promoted. You have to let people know what you want. You have to put out there, you know, what you're good at, what you're striving for, because then the word gets out, I guess, you know, is what I'm trying to say. Like you've got to spread the word, what your goals are, you know, and not passively wait for opportunities to come along. And, you know, you said it took a couple of years, but you were waiting a few years for it to happen, hoping, wishing, waiting, um, and it wasn't happening. So the turnaround when you took action was actually not so bad in the long run.
0: It's true. And, you know, in succession planning in that large of an organization, waiting two years, isn't that big of a deal. When, when you know the, the, just the expansiveness of the employee population and all of the you know, projects and whatnot that are coming down the pipeline, everything is always strategically mapped out years and you know, sometimes up to three to four years in advance. So waiting two years wasn't really that big of a deal for me. But the bigger thing was that good girl voice in my head that kept telling me that, you know, sit down, you should just be happy with what you've got. You know, you're doing a great job at what you're doing. You're well-respected. The opportunities keep flowing. Just sit down and be thankful for what you have. So it was really hard for me to get over that good girl upbringing and really launch that campaign. But once I started the campaign, people started to listen.
1: I love it. Now, Shelly, if you could share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, it could have been a light bulb moment or it could have been a slow dawning, Right, (laughs) but ultimately there's a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could take us back to, you know, what led up to that moment and the steps you took that led to your success?
0: Well, one of the wake up calls that I had, within my career was the day it suddenly dawned on me that I had become resentful of my career. And why that happened for me was because I had found joy outside of my career. So I would wake up in the morning and I'd have this little egging feeling of resentment that I have to go to work today. And the word have to go to work was never ever part of my vocabulary. I woke up every morning, jumping ready to go to go into work. So it was really about that moment when I realized that my joy was no longer in my workplace, my joy was in the work that I was doing in my community. And I had, I was doing a lot of volunteering and I was I was on a number of boards and I was also I had my SheConnects brand that I was nurturing and I was finding so much joy in serving the women and the causes within my community that it had really fizzled out and I was starting to have to give myself little pep, pep talks on the way into work in the morning and it dawned on me wow you know I've I've got to make a a huge pivot here. I've, I've really got to put, put an exit strategy together and work on getting out because my fear was that I was going to turn into that grumpy old broad, you know, that nobody wanted to even have a conversation with at the water cooler or have lunch with, because she was just so disenchanted. And so I really wanted to make sure that I took action quickly and was able to leave knowing that, um, You know, you you always want to be missed when you leave, right? No one wants to be asked to leave. You want to um, feel like you've left your stamp on your workplace and that, you know, you've really had a legacy there. And so I was able to leave on a good note and have some people miss me and still feel (laughs) joyful being able to go and do the kind of work that I wanted to do. So the the wake up call came for me realizing how many times i had to give myself a pep talk a pep talk in the car on the way to work it was shocking for me jody because when you think about it my brand was so my brand and reputation was so entrenched with the brand of the fabulous products that i produced on my product lines and the key initiatives that were coming down the pipeline and you know new marketing strategies and new technology that was coming down the pipeline. Like I was so entrenched in the, that was my mojo. And then suddenly it wasn't my mojo anymore. So I tell people that I loved my job until suddenly I didn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that is a wake up call. And sometimes you can get it back, but sometimes the work is to realize, you know, it's not coming back. Like you, you've grown beyond. And you know what I tell my clients is that happens when you have grown beyond the current position you're in. And for some people, there are opportunities above you know, that you can move into a position higher, take on more responsibility, and that rejuvenates, you know, Mm -hmm. your spirit and enlivens you again. But sometimes those opportunities aren't there, or even if they are there, you realize that's not the work you're meant to be doing. And so you have to figure out, like the work is you must figure it out and do something else because you're right. We've all worked with the, I love how you put it, grumpy old broads at the water cooler that mm-hmm. you're avoiding. We've all worked with the people who are a slave to their paycheck. They only come to work so they can get paid and they mm-hmm. are not fun to be around. And I'm sure nobody listening wants to be that person. So it's so important to recognize the signs that you've become disenchanted with your job and you've got to figure out your next move because you're right, Shelly, nobody wants to be that person. No, mm-hmm. no. Um, Awesome. And so you did find a new opportunity. You've definitely pivoted and you've grown since then. I mean, you had 25 years of leadership in this large manufacturing company, and now you're branching out into this whole new level of leadership where you're developing entrepreneurial leaders too, Mm -hmm. and women in the community and women who are finding their own level of success. So I'm curious, Shelley, how you would now describe your leadership style after all of those changes.
0: Well, I think a lot of the leadership style that I had in my corporate gig definitely easily transferred into what I'm doing now. And my my secret ninja warrior skill set or move has always been the ability to stack a team. I was quite notorious for being able to stack a team. And why that became um, quite a skill set for me was that I had the ability to attract the right people. So the best candidates wanted to work with me and because I loved my style or they loved the way um, I could collaborate and I was also really known for shining the spotlight and making opportunities happen for others to give them exposure. I loved, loved, loved being able to delight another member on my team or another colleague or another peer by shining the spotlight on them and having them really stand out amongst the crowd. And so in my She Connects business, I do the same. I'm always looking for opportunities to shine the light on her, acknowledge her, inspire her, and have people sort of get that light bulb moment when we realize that you know, as we're in the grocery store standing in line, you just never know how amazing she is. That woman that's standing in front of you or the woman that's standing behind you that's hustling a, a you know, a little one on her hip and and she's got another one in the cart and her cell phone's going off and you know, she's dressed in work attire, so you know that she's uh she's got a full-time gig going on at the same time that she's trying to be a mom. You know, look around and and notice what what she's all about, because I can guarantee you there's a very cool, interesting story there. So much more beyond what you're seeing of her in that grocery aisle right now. And that's what really gets my mojo going
1: mm-hmm, I love that, you know, and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about your your superpowers and your mojo. and it really is, you know, those simple moments where you have that opportunity to acknowledge somebody and tell them how wonderful they are and what they've been doing. And, God, don't we live for those moments where somebody just sees us?
0: <laughs> yeah, Judy, you said it. it's the it's not just glancing at someone. It's not just having a quick conversation. It's seeing her, seeing her for who she is and what she wants to do. And I'm so excited on this whole new movement that's happening out in the world. I like to call this shikonomy, where women are really stepping up and taking on small business roles. And many of them are doing them as side hustles so that they can build up their side hustle into a real viable business that at some point they're going to be able to confidently pull the trigger and take that big leap over into an encore career into what they like to refer to as worthwhile work. And isn't that the ideal scenario for all of us? If we can get up every morning, and go in and do whatever it is that really gets you excited and what you consider is worthwhile work. I mean, that's the ideal work scenario. And so I love to shine the spotlight on women who are doing just that, including the ones like myself, you know, who fall down seven times, get up eight, and who are really ready to go out there and take it on and go all in. Because, you know, I really believe that when she wins, we win. Every time you look around and you see a woman that's having some level of success, whether it be small, medium, large, or Jolly Wally Pepper, all of her success is opening up doorways for our success.
1: Amen. And you gave a great segue right there, because now what I'm definitely curious about, and I knew I was going to be asking about is, what is something going on for you right now that you're really excited about?
0: Well, there's a couple of things that I'm excited about. So I'm excited that you gave me the advice to start recording my success series, my cocktail hours that I have every month. You and another well-known podcaster that I've been in contact with, the two of you gave me the exact same advice. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to go and start recording those sessions this month and be able to include them up into, into the website as well. So for folks that aren't able to attend the live interviews or geographic because you know geographically they can't attend or they're just unable to make it that night they'll be able to embrace the goodness of what happened during that that interview and get the insight from it as well so i'm excited about that and the other thing i'm really excited about is i launched a series of encouragement cards because when in my corporate gig i was always really known for When there was a situation, I always had a card on hand. And I always have a card on hand in my personal life as well. But I love the idea of when you notice something about her where you're thinking to yourself, wow, I love the way she handled herself in that situation this morning. Or you hear a bit of news about her and you're excited for her. So you want to acknowledge her, you want to inspire her, and you want to celebrate her. So we often have those thoughts, and then it's a fleeting thought. We don't follow through. So by having the cards there in handy, it's immediate. You can grab that card. There's an insignia on the inside that matches different situations that would come up in your career or within your your personal life, your personal development, that you can drop that card off to her, sneak it onto her desk, drop it in her lunch pail, or um, whip it off into the mail for her. Because who doesn't love to receive mail that's not a bill?
1: or a credit card offer
0: (laughs) you know it's just such a easy quick and thoughtful way to really delight her and let her know that what she's doing out there in the world it's not going unnoticed people really are noticing what she's doing and what she's doing is exciting others it's such a joyful joyful thing to watch someone's delightful face when they open up a card And they see that someone is really seeing them. Mm,
1: So fun. And Shelly, on the flip side of things, what's the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now?
0: (laughs) I have a few of them, but the one that really comes to mind is I'm learning that things happen on divine timing, not on Shelly timing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I'm known for being very executional and i coach and deliver from the a line which is really the action line that's kind of what i've known i'm known for so it's it's difficult for me in my business to realize that even though i want things to happen tickety boom and i have things that i want to happen this quarter and things that i want to have to happen next quarter divine timing just doesn't always work that way so i'm learning how to release so much significance on the outcome and the timing of everything and just trust in the fact that things will happen when they're supposed to happen and in a better order than probably I would have thought, thought of because as I move along my journey, there's things that I've learned and I've sat back and thought, you know what? Wow, I'm really glad that didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen because now I know this. And so then I'm able to do a bit of a course correction and have a better outcome because I wasn't so hung up on trying to get it all done now, right? So that's, it's that whole idea of progress, um, or sorry, you know, that progress over perfection and try, trying to get everything done as quickly as possible and stay out front as much as possible. And so it's just been a real learning experience for me to learn about divine timing and trust in it.
1: Well, you're speaking to the right crowd here because the people, the women who listen to this podcast tend to be type A and we all have (laughs) a little, we all get challenged by, you know, having faith that everything's happening the way it should be happening and things don't always go our way and the timing doesn't always occur the way we want it to happen. So that, that is something we're very familiar with. And I think we're all working on having, you know, um, having more peace. It's so true,
0: Jordy. And then, you know, on a practical note, the other thing that's been a real challenge for me is pricing. So it's that whole idea of valuing my abilities and, you know, coming from a small town and having the background that I did, I was often called upon to provide for free. And I lovingly did it for many, many, many years. I provided speaking gigs, coaching, mentoring, uh, conference, organization. I did a ton of things for free. Um, And I realized why people would ask and did not offer any type of compensation because they knew I had a pretty significant gig going on. So in their minds, um, it was more about um, this is a hobby for her. This This is a charity moment for her. And that's all true. I still have my charities of choice. Girls Incorporated, being one of them, that I will continue to support till my dying days. I'm just uh, so, so excited about that organization in particular. But when I morphed from into my encore career, I really had to almost go on another campaign and let people know that this is a business I'm running. It's not a hobby anymore. I've morphed it from a hobby into a business, and so um, you know, you've got to work through all those self-doubts that come through about coming up with a pricing strategy and putting proposals together and, you know, standing firm on what your fee will be for that particular service that you're going to provide. And it's uh, quite a skill set that I'm I'm learning to deal with because in my corporate career, funding was never an issue. I mean, multi-million dollar projects is what I led. I never once had a concern about where the money was flowing. I mean, I definitely was held accountable to meet cost metrics, um, which was fairly easy to do. um, Once you become experienced at what you're doing, but I'm a newbie in this encore career. And so learning how to price things at the appropriate level and have people accept those pricings and feel good about paying for them. um, It's a whole new skill set for me.
1: Yeah. And it's a different ball game. You know, in your last career, there was um, physical products, right? And and tangible markers Mm -hmm. of whether or not somebody has delivered services. So it was easier to put a price on that when you do more service providing, you know, when and especially when it's coaching, you know, there, there are no specific tangibles at that point, unless you're you have like, a journal, like your cards are a great point that Mm -hmm. like, here's the value of the cards. Here's how what they're worth. Here's how you can buy them. Like people can physically put them in their hands. And so it's easier to price, but when you're, um, what you're delivering is peace of mind and confidence,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right. And the ability to take action, it's a little bit harder to, um, articulate, you know, what the deliverables are. And so you can price it, but there is a skill around it. And it sounds like you're definitely honing it.
0: I'm learning. And it's definitely a work in progress, even for the seminars that I host. I'm always very conscious of the fact that the women that are coming out to my seminars, not all of them are being subsidized through their workplace. So many of them are taking the day away from their business to come and spend the day with me To get some new skills, get some new exposure, make some new connections. And so they're making the decision to invest in themselves, to come and spend the day with me while they're essentially leaving money on the table in their businesses because they're not there to provide the goods and services that they normally would have because they've taken the day to spend with me. So I'm very conscious of that. And that definitely factors into my pricing strategy. But you know, it's still that whole idea of having people. B- embrace the awareness that it's not a hobby for me anymore. This is my new career. And um, I've got goals and dreams for my for my business just as much as you would.
1: Absolutely. And Shelly, I know, you know, your business is in the, the, you know, beginning stages, you're not brandy new, but you're still in those early stages. But tell us about the people that you have around you that make it possible for you to sustain and expand your current level of success. Well,
0: you know, Jody, I I pride myself on being low maintenance and very, Mm -hmm. very collaborative. So I have one person, his name is John, and John uploads all my content to my website for me. So I love to create my own copy. I love to create my own graphics, all my own memes. I love to design all of that stuff for me. That's a creative outlet for me. So as I'm curled up on the couch with my laptop watching, you know, um, some fabulous um, public broadcasting, epic drama, like (laughs) Pole Dark or Downton Abbey or um, Call the Midwife, you know, those are some of my favorite shows. Um, I'm creating all these things. So I'd love to do that. So essentially, I have one main person that helps me maintain my website. And then, of course, I found my artist. Uh, Emily Healy, who came through for me and designed all of my artwork for my cards. But the other people that I surround myself with are really the women that are in my She Connects community. So these are the women who I'm talking to on a daily basis through my group page. They're coming out to my events. I'm having lunch dates with them. I'm meeting them on other social, in other social gatherings. So these are women who I try and stay in contact with as much as I can to continue to nurture those relationships because it really is a win-win for me. But you know, the other thing that um, I find really supportive are are just looking out into the universe and looking to see who's out there that's doing things that other things that really impress me. And so, listening to a podcast like yours every day really helps me get in the headspace that I need to stay up on my game and stay motivated and stay on point with what my intent is for my business. So I've I think I've earned the right to have a virtual assistant, at least to do some of some of the things for me. Um, um but I'm not really a control freak, am I? I think sometimes <laughs> I am. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna put some more thought into making sure that I get myself my own VA, at least at least to help me um, coordinate some of the seminars that I have coming down the pipeline soon, for sure. But yeah, having a team yeah. is a, a dream of mine. I I kind of feel lonely. I'm I've always had a team. I've had multiple teams. Sometimes two teams at once. Sometimes three teams at once. So I'm um, I, I thrive in a team atmosphere, and that's one of the biggest things I've had to learn this first uh, year and a half of my business is dealing with loneliness. Mm,
1: Yes, I definitely face that as well, because I'm an extrovert and did work in teams, I grew up in a large family. So working from my home office is something but you know, what what I live for is my interviews like this, and my coaching calls, and then my networking meetings. So I do try to find that balance of being, you know, out there in the world, but it's not the same as somebody who's working with you inside of your business. Mm, So true. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. And there's weighing there's activities you enjoy, but if you were able to delegate those, what other activities do you enjoy that you could do more of if you had the free time? So that's something to contemplate while Mm -hmm. you're thinking about that. Cause I know, you know, this is going to take some time and some thought I went through it myself, but Mm. it's, it's a good question to ask. So, Mm, all right, Shelly, now we're moving into the quick leadership roundup. So tell us what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader?
0: Well, I start every day with a podcast and I find that they're super motivating. They help me stay on trend. They help me feel like I'm really in the know. And they help me feel like I'm surrounded with the kind of peeps that I want to hang with every day. So mm-hmm. starting the day off with, you know, listening to your latest, I call it like when Jody drops, the next um, the next segment. I mean that's exciting for me I, I listen to my podcast as I'm getting ready in the morning do my hair and makeup because I found that I'm much more productive when I get up and actually shower do my hair do my makeup and enter my my home office like I truly am going to work um, the other thing I do that helps me be a better leader is I am very very conscious of who's in my fab fi- my fab five and um I have some really key people in my Fab Five, my brother is being one of them. He's a very successful leader in his own ad agency. And I spend a lot of time with him. He's definitely a mentor for me. And on days that I really can't handle it here and I need to have some people interaction, I will go down. And he graciously lets me work out of his um, team office that he has. So I become quite close with a lot of his staff and team members and, um, I've used each other a lot for bouncing ideas off of, and he really pushes me in all the right directions. So, um, some days I'm his big sister the next day. Um, I'm the girl that needs to kick in the pants. So, um, it's really helpful having that fab five for sure.
1: I love that. And Shelley, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership?
0: Well, Jodi, I pride myself on my, My extensive library that I have here at home, I have a huge library as well as a huge audio tape library. But the book I'm going to talk to you about today is by a fellow Canadian. Her name is Natalie McNeil. And her book, She Takes on the World, which is such a fun business book for women who are trying to find um, what their purpose is. And the whole book is very much about a journey, and everything is themed through a journey and adventure and maps. She's also Natalie McNeil of the She Takes on the World TV program. Um, She has a very extensive YouTube channel, and she's just a real delight. She's a great gal, and she's followed it up with a second book called The Conquer Kit, which is really a book designed to help you plan your business. So either planning your exit strategy, planning your launch, planning the growth, and the scalability of your business. That um, second book, The Conquer Kit, is a really nice um, second edition to her original book, which is called She Takes
1: On The World. And Shelly, what advice would you give your younger self?
0: Well, you know, I think um, the biggest one would be that you're going to go through a lot of friends, and friends come and go. But the three friends that are going to stay with you your entire life through it all. is going to be your instinct, your intuition, and your spirit. And knowing that those three best friends are going to take you through whatever the hell comes your way, and knowing that you're going to come out on the outside through it all, and just rely on those three friends. Because I think as we grew up, we especially for... I know for me growing up as a good girl, I put a lot of emphasis on the friends that I had and the friends that I'd lost and if there was any kind of upset in any of their friendships. And I know with my daughter, I definitely have had this same conversation with her and knowing that you you really need to be your own best friend and be able to count upon yourself and know that you can make you know you can make yourself happy, you can make yourself sad, you can make yourself elated. It all comes down to your own thoughts and your own willingness to be your own best friend. And the other one would be to just continue to strive to be the proof of your truth. So once you know who you are and you've reached the stage where you're comfortable in your own skin and you know what you're you know what you're here for, Strive to be the proof of that truth, and no one, can, uh, no one can take it away from you once you know who you are.
1: And now, Shelley, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you.
0: I guess that would be, be true to you. Um, I know in um, all the years that my daughter was growing up, I used to tell her that constantly or drop little notes in her lunch pail or on cards and whatnot for gifts. Be true to you. It's so much more comfortable just being able to be you than trying to be somebody different. And if you've ever worn a mask, even if you wore it for just a short time, you know how exhausted you were when you finally took the mask off. And right there, that's telling you that it's going against every grain in your body trying to pretend that you're somebody that you're not. So I would just encourage everyone to... Be true to you, be the proof of your truth and know that you will attract the people that are meant to be into your life because they're going to be inspired by what you're doing and they're going to want to hang out with you and they're going to want to work with you and they're going to want to just be, before you know it, they're going to be part of your Fab Five, you're going to be part of their Fab Five.
1: (laughs) And lastly, Shelley, what is the best way for this community to connect with you?
0: The best way to connect with me is probably through my website. So that's She Connects with an X. Um, or you can also pop over to my... I live on Facebook. So I have two Facebook pages. I have my business page, She Connects. And then I also have a group page called the She X Success Series. And that's where I hang out with my brilliant beauties who want to stay connected, who are really driven about expanding their reach and building new connections to help not only grow their businesses... But just to stay inspired every day by women who are like-minded, so within those three realms, my website and my two Facebook pages are where I hang out the most. I am on Instagram um, just recently, though, so I've only been there for maybe a couple of months. And on Instagram, I'm I am she connects with an X.
1: Love it. And for those of you who are listening, because I know oftentimes you are on the run, you know you can find all the links and resources that Shelly shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. You can put her name in the search tab, and she spells it S-H-E-L-L-I. Her page will come right up, and you'll get all the goodies that she's been sharing. And Shelly, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. And me for you, Jody. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at zebralovewebsolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us.